Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. You're listening to episode 37, What Traditional Chinese Medicine Has to Say About the Timing of Your Cycle. Today's episode is brought to you by my free 29-day fertility challenge that's around the corner. If you missed it last time or signed up and didn't complete it before time ran out, it's starting again, August 26th. So don't get down on yourself, just try again. Doors will stay open until the 29th. Each day, you'll get an email reminder from me to log in and check out the day's new meditation. Each meditation will guide you through your chakras, helping you to free stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and to tone your physical body, readying it for conception. I really want you to experience what a relaxed nervous system can feel like simply by taking 20 minutes each day to explore your own energetic body. I also want you to see just how easy it is to stay connected with this part of yourself and start to use it to manifest the life of your dreams. And the only way to do that is by creating a habit. So won't you join me by going to ladypotions.com to sign up. So I was listening to another podcast the other day, as I often do, and this one happened to be about the basics of traditional Chinese medicine diagnosis, or what we refer to as TCM. And it dawned on me that I have really yet to demystify this system of medicine that I love so much and work with every day in my clinic, Art of Acupuncture, here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And... I want to do that today. I want to make it less odd because I fully admit that the names that we use for diagnosis seem totally out there when you come from a Western paradigm. And I also think that anytime when we are fully immersed in something that we sometimes forget that the rest of the world doesn't understand our language. So today's podcast is my attempt to explain some basic diagnostic TCM terms and especially how they relate to your menstrual cycle and your fertility. I happen to believe that symptoms are God's gift when it comes to figuring out exactly what's going on in your body. And this reigns especially true when you're trying to figure out your own fertility. And if you've noticed subtle changes in your menstrual cycle in regards to its timing, its length, or amount of bleeding, and this has you wondering how it affects your fertility and how to rebalance it, this episode is definitely for you. And if you've ever had acupuncture and wondered what the heck your practitioner was referring to when they mentioned something like kidney indeficiency or liver chi stagnation, this episode is also for you. And if you've ever considered getting acupuncture but never really understood how it could help with your fertility, then I encourage you to keep listening. We're going to talk about how to know what Chinese medicine has to say about your basal body temperatures, or if you're using something like an AVA chart, an AVA chart, and how we treat it and why it's important. And this is actually going to be a two-part series because there's so much to cover. So in today's part, we're going to go through the basic TCM terms, and we're going to talk about length, timing, and temperature and how they affect your fertility, both male and female how your cycle got this way, and what to do about it. And then in part two of the series, it's going to come out in a couple weeks, uh, episode 41, 
we're going to talk about what your actual period is trying to tell you in regards to crimping and bleeding and color and all of those nuances and what TCM has to say about age, why it matters, and how to turn back the clock on your internal age. So why is TCM so obsessed with creating the perfect cycle, you might be asking? Well, it enhances your chances of conception and reduces your chances of miscarriage up to 25% when you have the perfect cycle and wait until the following cycle to try and conceive. And I'm going to go into this in great depth as we go on. So that's my main reason that I know everyone out there listening can benefit from. So real quick, here's your crash course in TCM diagnosis so that you have a fundamental understanding of the terms and thought paradigms. I think you're going to find it a very common sense way to decipher what exactly is happening in your body, regardless of labels or diagnosis. The main paradigm of diagnosis in Chinese medicine is what's called the eight principles. They are yin, yang, interior, exterior, heat, cold, deficiency, or excess. Yin and yang are these two concepts that can't exist without one another. Yin refers to all of the fluids, especially the cooling fluids of your body, while yang refers to the energy or how much qi you have floating around. They both engender each other, and they are really important for ovulation and menstruation, as well as quality eggs and sperm. Now, interior and exterior, these are terms that are used to describe diseases that manifest themselves in the organs or deep inside of the body when we're referring to something like chi, blood, or bone marrow. In menstrual terms, this might mean scanty menses or late menarche or late starting of the period at a, at a young age or teenage years or erratic cycles in general when we're referring to the interior. Now, when we're referring to the exterior in menstrual terms, this might mean something like an external pathogen that has invaded the body and caused the imbalance like an STD. So even though the scarring created from something like chlamydia in the fallopian tubes is deeply internal, it started as an external issue. Now, heat and cold, this is pretty, pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, heat describes the absence of an aversion to cold. Um, sometimes we use it when we're referring to interior or exterior patterns. But in terms of menstrual health, it really goes back to your basal body temperatures. How warm or cold are you? Okay. So we think of the normal temperature in a human being as 98.6, but your temperature actually changes as your menstrual cycle changes. So in follicular parts of your cycle, it should be around 97.2. And in luteal phases of your cycle, that part of your cycle from ovulation to the start of your period, it should be around 98.2. You should have this change. Now, when we're too hot, oftentimes we see shortened cycles, early ovulation, um, gushing of blood sometimes during menstruation. And when we're too cold, oftentimes I'll see that a woman's temperatures are sometimes down in the 96s. Now, if I see that coupled with symptoms of feeling cold, lethargy, fatigue, hair falling out, it alerts me that there might 
be something going on with the thyroid, especially subclinical hypothyroid, where maybe your um, thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH, has come back in the normal range, but it's actually a little high, like closer to four in that range. So your basal body temperature with those symptoms can tell you a lot in terms of if you're hot or cold. Now, deficiency in excess. This is probably one of the most important parts to consider because we need to know, is the constitution of the person robust? And this is something that is um, in excess where there's too much and we need to clear it. Or is the person really deficient and the constitution is really struggling and we need to actually tonify the body um, in order to help it get back to balance? In menstrual cycles, when we see signs of deficiency, what we're often referring to is cramping that gets worse as the period goes on instead of just having cramping at the beginning and then just being relieved by bleeding, which would be excess. Deficiency might also be low temps on the um, basal body temperature or short luteal cycles that could mean kidney yang deficiency or short follicular cycles, which would mean kidney yin deficiency. And in excess in menstrual health, we may see it as an STD, something external, something extra that was added to the body, um, yeast infections um, that are acute in nature and not chronic, uh, bacterial infections, growths like fibroids or endometriosis can also have an excess type of presentation, and certain types of PCOS that involve the concept of phlegm and dampness are oftentimes seen as excess. So again, it's really important to decipher if an imbalance in the body is truly excess or deficiency because it means completely different herbal preparations to balance the body out. And the beauty of balancing the body out and not just treating a symptom is that we actually eradicate the root cause of the imbalance and helping it to never come back. So after a basic diagnosis of imbalance is given through the eight principles, the diagnostic continues to focus on more specific conditions. So after you evaluate the person's symptoms, you might then start to look at concepts like stagnation. And where you hear about blood stasis or liver chi stagnation, the flow of chi or blood is basically disrupted. And we have to use those above pillars to decide if it's truly deficient or excess. And then we go a step further and we are able to see based on symptoms and the pulses and sometimes the tongue where that deficiency or um, stagnation is happening in the body, like kind of what meridian or what organ is it affecting, okay? A quick explanation is, is that you could have heart chi stagnation or liver chi stagnation. Now, a lot of times they come together, but you can differentiate as to which organ is being more energetically affected by looking at the symptoms. So with liver chi stagnation, you might have signs and symptoms like raging PMS, no matter what time of month it is, breast tenderness, nipple tenderness at ovulation, um, bloating, prone to anger, feeling like you just want to rip your bra off when you come home because that area under your ribs just feels tight and constricted. And in heart chi um, 
stagnation or agitation, we might see things like really vivid dreaming that wakes you up, this feeling of kind of restlessness, but it's really more kind of anxiety with restlessness, where the restlessness with liver chi stagnation is more frustration and anger. So we get very nuanced in the diagnosis so that we can pick the perfect herbs to help regain balance. Now, there's another piece of this, which is the cause of disease or cause of imbalance. And traditional Chinese medicine does not strongly differentiate between cause and effect of a disease. However, there are three main categories that are considered to give rise to these imbalances. And these are really important because oftentimes these are things that you actually have control over. So this is the, the how your cycle got that way or how your symptoms came to be, right? And so they are external, internal, and other irregularities. Now, an external, it's considered to be caused by the six excesses, which are too much cold, hot, too much damp, too much dryness. And so this has to do with your environment. So for example, I happen to reside in South Florida, and it's currently August as I'm taping this. And it is so hot out that it is actually slimy. Like just walking from your door to get into your car is extraordinarily hot and damp. Now for a male that worked outside all day, like maybe if you did lawn work or roofing work um, or environmental work, you might be exposed to super high temperatures all day long that could drastically affect quality and count of sperm. So that's one example of how external causes can create these imbalances. Now, in internal causes, these are seen to be caused by what the TCM refers to as the seven emotions. The seven emotions or the seven affects are anger, fear, anxiety, fright, grief, pensiveness, and joy. And these emotions are said to have an affinity for certain organs in the body or kind of where they live, right? And so this helps us to understand where a person gravitates to emotionally, what organ system might be out of balance or prone to going out of balance, therefore causing other symptoms. At first blush, you might be like, oh yeah, I get that. Anxiety, fear, fright, grief, these are all things that could are negative and could affect fertility for sure, because we know that constant stress without constant relaxation responses, they've been shown to negatively impact sperm and egg health, as well as ovulation across the board. But what about joy? Joy is too much excitement. So think of too much joy as the person that always needs a lot of drama and thrives on it, or like you have to jump out of a plane to feel alive, or you're kind of engaging in risky behaviors, or um, a personality that likes a lot of stimuli to be content. Um, And joy affects the heart. Too much joy can actually scatter your chi and prevent it from flowing correctly, which is how you end up with something like heart chi stagnation. That was your crash course on TCM diagnostics so that you have a little bit understanding of how we use them and not only how simple they are, but how profound they can be in treating anything, especially fertility. Okay. Timing matters. 
And how do you time a cycle anyways? So for those of you just starting out or that need a refresher, day one of your cycle is typically considered the first morning of full flow. Now, some practitioners and charting algorithms will have you split the difference if you happen to spot for more than three days prior to your full flow. So for example, if you are one of these women that spot for six days prior to menstruation, day one would be considered day three of spotting. Okay. So splitting the difference going halfway. And that's because six days of spotting is actually really irregular and something that we don't want to see happen. And we look at it as like, oh, maybe it's not a full week. Maybe it's just half when we're going to count the next cycle. It also happens to be um, a pattern of kidney yang deficiency often or um, blood stasis. And we have to decide if it's um, excess or deficiency, you know, residing in the kidneys, which oversee reproduction, or sometimes in the cases of like PCOS, it's phlegm obstructing the uterus from actually releasing that lining. And that would be excess typically. So again, that's how we use those eight pillars to really hone in on what's happening and pick the right herbs. So in a healthy cycle where proper lining is built and released, four to five days of menstrual flow is considered to be the healthiest amount. Healthy linings are really important for proper implantation. And there are many ways to achieve healthy menstrual flow and lining, which are through diet, self-acupressure, and supplements. And we're going to talk all about the period itself in part two of this series. When flow is too quick, oftentimes it's because of something called spleen qi deficiency. Um, The spleen in Chinese medicine has this property of upholding. It energetically helps to lift all of the organs in the body, all the way down to lifting the doors of the veins to help them stay open and help blood circulation. And when we're spleen qi deficient is severe, sometimes what'll happen is the, um, the uterus will open for menstruation and it just stays open. And it's like this huge gushing effect that happens and you're done and bleeding in one to two days and you're left really, really wiped out. Um, The spleen also governs how you make blood from your food that you take in. So how you derive nutrients for your food and then turn it into menstrual blood or breast milk if you are pregnant. Um, That all has to do with spleen chi and spleen chi deficiency. Now, when it's too quick, we might use herbs like yarrow um, or shishandra wuetsa, which are these great herbs that have a very astringing effect that actually helps your body to hold on to its fluids. Or we might employ uh, an herb like wang chi or astragalus. It has a very upward bearing effect and tonifies the spleen chi to help hold everything up so that your menstruation is not quite so quick. Now, Ovulation is really important when we talk about timing, okay? Ovulation that typically occurs mid-cycle has the best chances for proper DNA. It's not too ripe. It's not too underripe. Think about it like Goldilocks, right? Not too big, not too small. We want it to come right in the middle of the cycle. Now, in a perfect world, your menstrual cycle would be 29 days with the ovulation happening at the middle day, somewhere around 14 to 15. Sometimes we see delayed ovulation causing long follicular cycles, that beginning half of our cycle, or short luteal phase. Now, this pattern is often associated with cardinal signs of 
heart and liver chi stagnation that I talked about earlier, like irritability, breast tenderness, vivid dreams, um, feeling like you have PMS, except that it's actually happening way too early. It's happening at ovulation instead of a couple days before the period. And so not only does this make you feel all other sorts and like life is just really trying because you only get one great week out of the month in terms of how you feel, but it really takes a toll on the viability of the egg that's produced month to month. So in this kind of case, we employ formulas that nourish the yin, calm the shen, or what is the shen is actually the spirit, keep you nice, calm, cool, and collected. And then we advise stress reduction practices like meditation and non-impact exercise like yoga. Um, some examples of these formulas that we might use would be Zhirbai Di Wang Wang or modified with something like Swanzhou Ren Tong. Now, don't worry about getting all of this Chinese. It's just for your information as to what we use and why. And if there's any further links, you can find them in the show notes. The other thing that's really cool about timing has to do with sperm. Did you know that sperm can actually live inside of you for four to five days waiting for the release of the egg, depending on the pH of your vagina? In fact, two days prior to ovulation is statistically the highest chance of conception. So in order for that to happen, the pH of your vaginal area has to be spot on because if it's too acidic or too basic, the sperm can't live there. And your best chances of conception are off. So in a healthy vagina with ample cervical mucus, the conditions are perfect to help the sperm make their long pilgrimage to the egg in record time. And when you look at this, you just understand, and I'm kind of awed that Mother Nature has this fine-tuned plan. If you're wondering what CVM or cervical mucus is, or you think that you don't have any, or you wonder if you've ever seen it, I did an entire episode about this that I encourage you to check out. You can find that at ladypotions.com forward slash episode 25. Okay, on to the next part of our topic, and that has to do with length, okay? The length of your cycle, as well as how long you bleed for, equally matter, but for different reasons, okay? We're going to talk about the length of bleeding more in depth next week, but this week I want to talk about the length of your cycle, okay? Now, as I mentioned, ideally a menstrual cycle from day one of your period until the start of the next period is 28 days, the same as a lunar cycle, okay? It's not uncommon for cycles to shift in accordance with new moons, full moons, changing time zones with travel, um, or extreme changes in diet or stress. But when it comes to your fertility, we really want to see a more consistent length to the cycle because this helps you to really understand when you should try or when you are most fertile. Uh, in some cases, when the length is severely off, it can have a huge impact. It can actually decrease your chances of conceiving by up to 50%. So this is huge, okay? The three main consequences for shorter cycles include lower egg quality, an inability to sustain a pregnancy, and early ovulation, okay? So we talked about late ovulation just a minute ago and timing, but when I see shorter cycles, oftentimes what's happening is we're having really early ovulation. And this has been associated with decreased ovarian quality, especially in older women. 
So, you know, over the age of 35, especially, but really around the age of 30, this starts to, to set up. As you age, your menstrual cycle just tends to shorten, um, particularly in the first part of your cycle before ovulation in that follicular phase. And during this time, um, the egg should really be maturing and readying itself for ovulation. And if it doesn't have enough time to develop, it's not going to be fully mature. Poor quality eggs lead to poor conception outcomes. Okay, so to put this in perspective, a recent study at Mount Sinai School of Medicine found that women who had a 30 to 31 day menstrual cycle were significantly more likely to conceive than those with shorter cycles. And additionally, women who did conceive with shorter cycles were more likely to undergo early pregnancy loss, which is so sad. Now, in the second half of our cycle, called the luteal phase, um, this is when a fertilized embryo can implant into the uterus. And when this part of the cycle is too short, the window for implantation is smaller and the chances for pregnancy diminish. The minimum length of your luteal phase Okay. Starting the day from confirmed ovulation until a period or positive pregnancy test is 10 days. That's the minimum that it can be to get pregnant. Implantation usually happens five to eight days post-fertilization. Then it takes a few days for the embryo to start releasing enough HCG so that the uterus does not contract and then shed the lining. Okay. Um, a lot of this centers around how much uh, progesterone, your corpus luteum, this part of your ovary is able to make when it does in fact ovulate. Okay. So that short luteal phase can be indicative of what's known as corpus luteum dysfunction, and it can greatly be helped by an herb called Vitex or sometimes referred to as chasberry. It's a Western herb. It's one of the only times in my clinic where I will employ a single herb by itself because it's so amazing in its abilities to reset hormonal loops in the body. This short luteal phase can also be an indication that progesterone inserts might actually help to hold a pregnancy in its early stage um, if we're able to regulate the cycle first, okay, and get proper DNA of the egg. Then if pregnancy occurs really quickly, we might consider using uh, progesterone supplements to help hold that. So how does Vitex work? Well, we used to think that it actually just affected your progesterone, but it does a lot more than that. It's been shown to lengthen the luteal phase. And while it doesn't contain any hormones itself, it is able to help the body increase its own production of luteinizing hormone or LH, promoting ovulation to actually happen, which then in turn boosts progesterone levels during the luteal phase cycle as the corpus luteum makes the progesterone after ovulation, okay? The corpus luteum is responsible for this secretion of progesterone. So without that being strong, there's just not enough to hold a pregnancy. In a study of 45 women, 86% responded positively with normalized or significantly improved progesterone levels after using Vitex. It's also been shown to help mild cases of endometriosis to prevent miscarriage and reduce fibroids. So cycle length can be a huge predictor for what supplements need to be taken to enhance fertility. And any skilled fertility practitioner should be able to look at your charting history and guide you in the right direction of what supplements or herbs will help you to be your most fertile. 
Now, the final category of our show today is temperature. Temperature absolutely matters. This is a direct window into whether you could be having something like young deficiency or true cold or excess heat or yin deficiency. This is one of the things that I love most when a woman brings me a basal body temperature or a chart from wearing an Ava watch because I immediately saves her like three to four months. My diagnosis is just so much more spot on. I can see exactly what's happening and trending in patterns. The reason that temperature matters is because it has a direct correlation for your chances of miscarriage. Miscarriage is horrible. And in fact, in Chinese medicine, they believe that it takes more energy to miscarry than it does to actually grow a baby to term and deliver. And the reason is, is that it's just so physically and psychologically demanding when you have a miscarriage because your hormones are doubling every other day and then all of a sudden they stop and then go off a cliff. And then you have the physical aspect of actually having to miscarry, which can be like the worst period of your life, basically. And your body has been creating a placenta and doubling its blood volume by doing this. And then all of a sudden that is wiped out and you're left feeling really deficient. So this is why all of this matters and why I'm doing this episode is to show you that by looking at your timing and the length and the temperatures, you can actually decrease your chances of having a miscarriage, which are 30% in any couple. Any healthy couple has a 30% chance of miscarriage, which is astounding when you hear that out loud. And most couples are shocked when they understand this as much as they are shocked to know that it's happening to them and that they're having a miscarriage. But when you track all of these things and you have what we refer to as the quote unquote perfect cycle, and then you wait until the following cycle to conceive, your chances of miscarriage drop to less than 5%. Okay. That's huge. I don't know of anywhere else in medicine that can guarantee you those types of odds simply by looking at your cycle. And we actually owe this understanding to Kristen Carmacher of conceivable.com because she analyzed tens of thousands of BBT charts and saw this trend and really zeroed in on it and went, hey guys, this is Chinese medicine. This is what it's always been saying, but here's the data for it, right? And this is how we really brought it modern day. And if you don't know who Conceivable is, they are a great herbal company. Um, I use their herbs in my practice every single day. Um, They are amazing at helping to regulate the, the body into balance for optimum conception and either in a male or a female, and they even taste good. Um, They're a little on the sweet side, so they don't quite taste like um, if you've ever had a traditional Chinese medicine decoction. I've had um, some women describe it as licking dirt. These taste good. So length, temperature, timing, it all matters, okay? I hope that this episode has caused a few light bulbs to go off in your head when it comes to balancing and tweaking what could be showing up as an imbalance in your body and wreaking havoc on the delicate balance of your reproductive capabilities, especially if you've been told that you have unexplained infertility. 
If this concept of TCM jives with you, I'd love to work with you, whether you're near or far. If you live in St. Petersburg, Florida, or the Tampa Bay area, we'd love to schedule a one-on-one Chinese medicine evaluation with you for acupuncture. You can visit my website at artofacu-stpete.com, artofacu-stpete.com, or you can find it in today's show notes. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to connecting with you again in a couple days with another stress reduction technique in our mini mindful moments segments. And don't forget to tune back in for part two of this episode, episode 41, where we will cover what your periods are trying to tell you and what TCM has to say about it and your age. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.